It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, it's time for episode 267 of Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center and Sky Mint Cannabis. Speaking of Memorial, they have all kinds of good things going on. If you get a membership, you get use of the locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, lap pool, cardio exercise theater, all kinds of treadmills, ellipticals, and free weights. That ought to just get you ready to get in shape. Also, the use of the SkyTrack. Some of the uh, baby boomers like myself get the majority of the use out of that. Great views of the Memorial Campus walking around upstairs there. And if you want more details, follow and like them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. Also, we want to thank SkyMet Cannabis Farm to Stash, grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Now over 20 locations and counting in Michigan. In fact, they just opened up a brand new store on Front Street in Traverse City. Can you imagine being in Traverse City, you know, along the lake there in the bay and just enjoying the great goods provided by Skyman? It's, it's just magical, as Jared would say. <laughs> that, that's your dream. I think that's your dream vacation back in 1979, and I think it's still <laughs> maybe your dream vacation in 2023. So how about that? How about hey, it that? Sounds pretty. sounds pretty nice still. Yeah, I do love my TC as well. Uh, also at SkyMint, uh, check out the Michigan's Best Bundles for uh, deals on flower vapes, pre-rolls, and edibles. Ounces as low as 49 bucks. Can't beat that with a stick. Also want to thank our local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Well, I'm wearing my... Uh, Shane Cantu hat in honor of Memorial Day. We just had the great weekend. A uh, little catch-up segment. Hopefully, hopefully you guys had a good weekend. I did. Um, I know you guys up there in Michigan, we were talking, Ted, before we started recording, but beautiful weather weekend up there in Michigan. I know my, a bunch yeah. of my family were up in Ludington, and 
pictures at the beach and you know out on bike rides and walks and all that kind of stuff it looked like a midsummer weekend so looked pretty beautiful we went we went over to tennessee to my my father-in-law's house and hung out over there like we do it's kind of become our thing we do every memorial day um pretty chill relax a lot of playing out in the yard walks you know just typical hanging out relaxing catching up type thing i will say I was going to mention, Ted, you probably know all about this. Jared, if you ever have to get a little present for niece, nephews, say you have kids at some point, if if you're ever going to do that, bubbles. Mm. Bubbles are always just a clutch. If you're ever, Big hit. maybe if you know your, your girlfriend's family, say you guys got to pick out some present for some kids. You're going to some kid's birthday party or something. You guys are in Target. Like, what the hell do we get these kids? bubbles we went through probably like three huge jugs of bubbles you know <laughs> out in the yard like bubble guns bubble machines i don't know what it is ted do you guys keep bubbles on hand for the grandkids like kids just go bonkers over bubbles no we do as a matter of fact i have a shelf in the garage that has all the you know mini basketballs and badminton things and bubbles and other toys for when the kids do come and play now i got uh my dad had a mobility device that uh, it's like a four-wheel scooter that I have that I hook a trailer on the back of it and the the granddaughters can blow bubbles and do the bubble thing you know as they (laughs) go for a ride down the driveway nice yeah so yeah I'm all about the bubbles man you're you're dead on right there man nothing like it you know it's come a long way from the little circle things that you had you just dipped (laughs) in and you know blew you know and made the bubbles fly now like you said they got bubble gums guns and everything else yeah yeah, so we, we had a good time. Nice and relaxing, but uh, I will be honest. It was one of those, like, seeing the pictures of the family up in Michigan, it was one of those, like, made you, like, not, like, jealous, but, you know, like, man, that's one of those weekends in Michigan. You just can't beat it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's we've officially moved on to the calendar where it's now awesome to live in Michigan, and anyone, like yourself, is in Charlotte. It's like you're, you're on the outside looking in, whereas yeah. the whole winter <laughs> – and even like sometimes in the fall, we were all, you know, end of view in your 70 degree weather. Now the tides have turned a little bit. So <laughs> this, this is what makes Michigan so great. It really does. I mean, it was, it was beautiful this weekend. Went out and golfed a couple of times. That was awesome. Played horrible, but that's beside the point. But yeah, Memorial <laughs> Weekend, I mean, it's, it's the official signifier of uh, the summer. It's here. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, we had a, two of the granddaughters came up for a day where we did some cooking out and, uh, boat riding you know and the lake stuff that we do out here and last night they had a kind of a an informal boat parade around the lake you know with oh nice decorating up the pontoons with lights and stuff that was that was kind of cool i didn't do it but i think next year i'm gonna do it i think i'm gonna, I was gonna say is it boat. is it like a kickoff to summer event exactly. type of thing yeah, yep. yeah yeah that'd be fun i mean especially you probably know most of the people around the lake or at least some of them oh yeah most of them get out there and decorate the pontoon. You just hope that you're, you know, we, we kind of rag you a little bit about your pontoon and sometimes breaking down. You hope that like in the middle of the parade, something doesn't happen to your pontoon and you're left float or you got to get towed back right. to your dock or something like that. That would be the only thing. Yeah. I've told this story a few different times, but I'll just tell it real quick. It is, it is the, the image of it was hilarious. So I was out with my buddies out on the lake and my, my uncle Ted and Atlanta were coming to pick us up and he had this brand new boat. I think it was the pontoon that he was showing off. 
and he like he, we were kind of at the shore so walk out like we were you know maybe 200 yards away from his boat <laughs> he pulled up and got a stop and we're like kind of standing there like what are you doing like we're you we're gonna have to swim like for 15 minutes to get to your boat like why stop and then, and we were just like all right i guess he's this is like as far as he's coming so we swam the way out to him. We get, he's like yeah i don't know what's going on the boat the boat's not starting uh so he did get going so uh but for a second there it was it was a funny visual we would be stuck out in the middle of this lake that that was a true story yeah it stalled out for some reason but once you guys got on though the, the boat ran all right they went Okay. Yep, they ran maybe, all right. Maybe just so. wanted to test your guys' swimming skills before you got on the boat. Let's see if these guys can actually swim. Absolutely. Spe- speaking of swimming, I, I mentioned family being up in Ludington and on, on Lake Michigan. I told Ted uh, earlier, my sister said the water was 44 degrees. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, Ted, you know, and Jared, what's, what's like the threshold for when you're going to jump in one of the big lakes. I mean, you know, like Lake Manitou, or, you know, some of the smaller lakes, like Houghton Lake or Higgins or something like that, maybe a little different, but you know, the, the great lakes, you know, with, you know, the waves are crashing and 44 it, degree temperature weather. I mean, kids like they, she sent pictures that my nephews, you know, they're jumping in. Of course, kids don't care. They don't care. I feel like I've softened up. I, I might've jumped in once, but I, I'm not sure if I'm swimming in 44 no, degree water. No, no, no. If it was hot like it was this weekend, like 85, yeah, you just jump in, plunge, jump in. Maybe you don't even get off the ladder on the pool. Just dip, dip your body under and plop, fire out as, as quickly as you can uh, and just hang out in the boat. Uh, cool, your, cool your body down and about it. But 44, that's at Lake Michigan, you're saying? Yeah. Does it ever like really heat up to anything? Does it even get to 60 ever? Yeah. The, I mean, by the end of summer – I remember times that it gets into into the 70s. I mean, really? but that, those are like stretches where, you know, a real hot stretch of weather where it doesn't also cool down at night. But then it's also the storms. Storms will stir up the cold water, you know, from way out in the middle of the lake and bring the cold water back into shore. So, you know, if you go through a stretch of hot weather with no thunderstorms, no big storms, I definitely remember it getting up into the 70s, which is funny because that, feels like you know for lake michigan you know lake huron i'm sure lake superior i don't know if that ever gets up into the 70s i would i would doubt doubt it yeah i doubt (laughs) superior does but it feels like you know if you get lake michigan high 60s low 70s i mean you're in there that feels like bath water and like people who who don't you know go to michigan or don't really swim in the great lakes they're like that's so cold you know they, they want their pools to be 85 degree water and like no man, if if you jump in the Lake Michigan, sixty eight degrees, it feels great. Yeah, fresh. Well, water. you know if it's if it's a hot day, like a hot July day, it's it's okay. But you think about it, you know, your body temperature is what ninety six. Right. So you jump in the water at sixty eight, man. That's that's pretty chilly still. Yeah. yeah, you get used to it though. You know, you jump you in a few times and do some splash around. You bring a football out with you yeah. and toss around a football or a frisbee or something, but. Yeah, it's what's, just it's always funny seeing the difference between kids and adults. Oh yeah. Swimming. Well, what's funny, and you're you're closer to the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. A lot yeah. of people don't realize, man. Summertime, it gets pretty warm. You know, it's it's pretty oh, comfortable. Yeah. You know, the water it's warmer, I think, than the Great Lakes. Oh yeah, the water. I mean, because the salt helps. The salt yep. helps the water. Um, you know, stay warm or get warm. Yeah, by I mean probably mid June when we've gone to the well, like for Father's Day, we've gone to the beach and the water is like warm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like it's, oh, it's a touch cool. 
the water's kind of warm. Again, it probably all depends on storms and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. Well, we never well, know where this uh, this conversation goes. You were going to add something, Jared. So go ahead, Jared, and then I'll I'll ask you both a question. Yeah, I was just, I mean, again, this is just another one of those weekends where I look around, I look to my left, I look to my right, and I realize like my life just kind of sucks. You know, everyone's <laughs> out on the boat partying, you know, eating pizza rolls off the grill, and I'm just stuck here sitting in my four walls, you know, going crazy, man, just waiting for work the next day. So. Uh. Just one of those days where it's one of those weekends where you really wish you had a boat. I never did. I never had a cabin growing up, never did anything like that. So this is just another one of those weekends that comes and goes where it just kind of makes you realize, you know, you're kind of missing out on the finer things in life. Yeah. Ted realized that and he said, not not in my adult years. Exactly. Well, you know, in the, in the old days, you used to obviously go up north. I was telling Matt again off air, you know, when we were younger, your age or even in high school, Memorial weekend was a must to go up to Higgins Lake and just, you know, do it up. We, we, uh, rough camped it, you know, we didn't camp in the state park. We camped just basically on state land and just had a great time and yeah. it was fun. Yeah. It, there's something about Memorial weekend, especially like, well, yeah, my, my family up there, they're, um, they're out of school last Friday, I think was the last day of school. So they're on summer break. So I, cause I like my daughter still has nine days of school. They're going mm -hmm. for until next week. But when Memorial week, when your summer vacation kicks off, like literally it kicks off with Memorial weekend, there's nothing better than going up North to one of the lakes or, you know, Lake Michigan or wherever and having that long weekend, you know, cause it does feel like an official kickoff to summer especially with a pontoon parade around Lake Manitou. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, you, now that I'm thinking about it, this last thing I promised we could move on, Ted. Um, uh -huh. I remember um, well, I, went, I went to one, there was one time I did kind of indulge in the 4th of July Memorial Day festivities, uh, Higgins Lake. I think it's like South Higgins Lake or South right. Higgins Lake Park or something. So this yep. is a big party spot. Remember my crew, we got there, we rolled up. Uh, I'm just like, you know, so amped, ready to go, let it, ready to let it rip and get right up to the beach, get right up to the water, put, dip my foot in, might've been like 30 degree water. <laughs> and there's just, you see this big old glob of humanity out in the, like maybe three yards in. And I kid you not, I was like, basically it was like I was in jail. The water was so goddamn cold and I didn't have that buzz going yet. So I literally had to like kind of sit at his picnic table, really get that courage up. Then make my voyage out into the water, and I'm, that was a solid like two hour wait. Um, it's so cold; it never. I don't yeah. know if it ever warms up. You said it maybe it gets in the seventies. I tell you what, Higgins Lake, mid July, twenty eighteen, roughly. It never warmed up, man. <laughs> that that was the one year it never warmed up. Yeah. Well, the the final question I have to kind of wrap up this segment is. Jared sort of talked about it when he said he puts his feet and kind of eases into the pool. Overall, though, when you guys are jumping in the pool or jumping in the lake, is that what you do? Or do you wade in and do it slowly? Myself, I'm a dive in. Just get it, get <laughs> wet, deal with it right now, and then yep. you feel all right. Thoughts? Yeah, you got you to gotta just jump in. Like, if you're at a lake, you got to just run in off the beach, give it one big belly flop into the waves, get it over with. Yeah, the pool, same thing. If you like dip into the water, you know, guys have that temperature gauge right around the, the waistline there, yeah. you know, when you, when you start getting around the waistline and it, you know, the water starts splashing up, it's like, oh man, oh boy, uh, you know, you yeah. gotta just go in, just go in, get it over with, 
Right. And, you know, otherwise you're like walking around the water like this because you don't want your arms to get wet and you're like, oh, I'm cold. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I, I, I have two parts. First part of my life, I was always a diver or a jumper inner. But then I remember uh, my senior year of high school, like right before, like two a days, basically, I did that big old water glob got in my ear and it was stuck in there for maybe one or two days. And it, when I tell you that was the like literally the worst two days of my life, it's all I could think about. It's all I cared about was getting the water out of my ear. Yeah. So ever since then, now I have to do like the 1980s grandma where I plug my two ears and I slowly kind of wade in, dip my head under and pull it up while keeping my two hands in my ears so they don't get water in them. So yeah. it's looking a weird turn, but that's that's where I'm at. No, I've, you're you are right. I've had um, I've had I don't know if they call it swimmer's ear or you know sometimes you just get some water in your ear. There, there's nothing. Yeah, you can't think about anything else because you yeah. can't hear. It sometimes it hurts. You know when you talk, it sounds weird. Yeah, that that's annoying. If, if you is. get water stuck in your ear, there is nothing more annoying than that. Well, they do make earplugs. Maybe something right. to consider. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but man, I, I, no, I, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing those. <laughs> Where you just got to get a uh, swim cap and some <laughs> earplugs and the little the little nose, the nose plug and you're ready to go, Jared. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, hopefully everybody out there had a good holiday weekend and like Jared said, summer is here. It's time to start really enjoying summer things, summer sports, and we have a final prep spotlight for this season presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse coming up next. Capital Sports Fieldhouse is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, guys, going to keep this short and tight. In track and field, first of all, Langsburg's pole vaulter, Jack Borgman, a CMAC champion, and also a new school record of 14 foot nine. That's getting up there. When you start getting up there around 15 foot, man, you're, you're doing pretty well in high school pole vaulting. Also, yeah. the Ovidelsi girls won their first conference track title ever winning the MMAC. Chesanine won the boys championship for the second straight year. In baseball, Corona's uh, senior, Colby Ardling broke the school record for steals in a season. The previous record was 35, set by uh, Cavalier Hall of Famer, Brandon Eckerly back in 2007. Ardling now has 37 on the season, and the Cavaliers uh, swept East Lansing. Corona now, man, it's a little bit under the radar, you know. But I know they're all upset about the whole Diamond Classic and all that. Put that behind them, man. They might be able to make a run in the MHSAA state tournament. They're now 23-3. and three. I was going to say, I, I need to look closely because all I did, I, I should have done it. I didn't, I didn't know we had a prep spotlight for, right. for this podcast, but I should have looked closer because I glanced at Goose Poop, you know, friend of the podcast, yep. Goose Poop. He put out his um, projections for teams that are going to win their district um, and, you know, baseball. I don't think I saw Karana on his projections. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I did a quick glance through his, you know, he's got some images. Um, 
So yeah, I was kind of surprised because like you said, maybe maybe that's the flying under the radar thing because Corona yeah. seems to be having a heck of a season. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't see them on here, so I don't I don't believe they are. I mean, baseball is such a weird sport where it, it basically you need two stud pitchers in high yeah. school, especially with the with the innings limit. So yeah, it's not not like softball. Right, where you can like we saw Lasso do whatever that was three, four years ago, just one stud pitcher and you just ride your way throughout the entire tournament. So I'm not sure if Corona has that. Uh seems like they're a very like well rounded team. I mean, it seems like it's anyone's district. So I, I'm not plugged in like Ted might be, but it's gonna come down to pitching. Yeah. Oh, I I gotta believe they're the favorites in their district. The district is at Owasso, and I think uh I, I don't have it in front of me here, but I think Owasso plays Lake Fenton this week in a pre-district game. Corona's got a bye right to the the finals, I believe, but uh you know, they they should be the favorite in the district. Now, after that, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, also, Chesanine, they threw nine innings of no-hit ball at St. Charles in a shortened-up sweep to improve to 24-6. and six. Nice little pre-tune-up happening later on today. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. Chesanine hosting Corona for baseball oh, nice. this afternoon. So that'd be a good matchup. You know, the Indians 24-6, and six, like I said, and Corona 23-3. and three. Might be might be worth a drive up to Cheese Rock for that one. <laughs> yeah, catch a little high school baseball. Heck yeah! And by the way, speaking of that, I got a little bone to pick with the MHSA. You guys know how I feel on this. Uh, you know, I just did an inquiry to see what it would cost to do a district game on our Facebook Live page. You know, I was willing to go do it. You know, no money involved, you know, as far as sponsors. We would maybe give some free shout outs to our podcast sponsors. But when I inquired to do a, a live video broadcast of a baseball game, a district baseball game, you aren't going to believe how much they said it was going to cost. It was 1500 bucks. 1500 bucks. Okay. This is making more sense. I, I, when you, you texted us about this and we, we kind of texted a little bit about it. I thought you meant they would pay you fifteen hundred bucks to do it. That's why at first I was kind of like, "Oh, well, that's kind of a no brainer." Yeah, go do it. Okay, this is well, making the hell with sense. this podcast. If that's the case, I'd just go do it. <laughs> right. So you would, um, well, you would have to pay the yes. MHSAA to broadcast the game. That's kind of crazy. Yes. How just to is put that? It, just to put it in perspective, okay? You know, I've been a longtime radio guy. If, if we do district games, we do tournament games for the, on the radio, we have to pay the MHSA, let's just say on average, 45 bucks, 45 bucks a game. Well, that's tolerable, right? You can get a few yeah. sponsors, cover your costs, and let people enjoy it. But where this $1,500 came from, the only thing I got to figure out, I didn't really do a deep dive into it, but, you know, they've, they've uh, embedded themselves with the nfhs right yeah. that's become the big thing so if it's an nfhs broadcast they don't want you to i guess interfere with that funds you know because they're getting what is it 9.95 a month to sign up for that yeah, service right. with no play-by-play -play unless the school or you know they put it on themselves right that's the only thing i can figure out but i still it's ludicrous to think fifteen hundred dollars that's just telling people forget about it right you're not you're not going to do it yeah, because you would so, think, like, I understand, you know, there's rights to everything. I mean, Bally yeah. Sports Detroit, ESPN, everywhere, you have to pay for rights mm -hmm. to broadcast sports. That is just how it works. But you would think, like, there is a side that, like, you know, I would think the MHSAA would want as much exposure 
for their sport sports as possible, their athletes and their sports, you know, so if you come at them, someone who has a relationship with the MHSAA, you've been doing it for over 30 years, you know, you're not just some kid saying, I'm going to hop on my Twitch and just do a <laughs> right. broadcast. You know, you're, you would do a professional job. 1500 bucks just seems a little bit like, yeah, like you said, you're going to say, never mind. Right. And now so, no, one, no what, one's going to get clutch. Ted, I think what you're saying is you're calling for a rebellion of small town broadcasters like yourself, uh, you know, Luke Giardi and other guys of the same ilk to shut down this NFHS site, man. They are <laughs> cutting into your pockets. They are cutting into your broadcast. And I'm not a fan of it. So, yeah, as a fellow Three Point Podcast member like yourself, I agree with you. It's time to rebel against NFHSS. Fifteen hundred bucks. I mean, <laughs> what, dude? I feel like that's like more than you should pay for a freaking like NCAA college game. Fifteen hundred bucks, Corona versus whoever district baseball. There will literally be twenty five people in the stand. You're paying fifteen hundred bucks to put it on. Right. That makes no sense. It doesn't right. make any sense. And like I said, if okay, if, if radio's forty five bucks, I could see okay. 200 bucks. Let's just throw that number out there. Right. Eh, okay. Even that's a little salty, but right. Fifth to go from 45 bucks, have audio to 1500 for video and audio just makes no sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'll dig into it further, but it just blew my mind when I got that email back and I just said, forget it. I basically, I'm kind of, did you, I was just say, you're usually, I'm surprised you just kind of go. You didn't have any sort of pushback on that. Like why? No, no, because I, I was going to do it for the, for the benefit of people in our area, yeah, it gives us a little pub at Three Point Podcast too. But I thought, well, it'd be a good opportunity for me to go watch the Cavaliers, you know, do my civic duty for the for Corona, you know, and right. and and people in the area could enjoy it, man. And otherwise, you know, there's no way that I could get enough sponsorship for fifteen hundred dollars to cover that cost. No, it's right. not worth it. No, it's crazy. So if that's for a district, like what if Corona made it to the state championship? Like, I wonder what they would charge for something like that. I mean, yeah, it, there is a side, you know, I, th I think we kind of mentioned it in the text or maybe not, but like, I wonder, I wonder what would happen if you just did it anyway. And like, and you got caught, you yeah. know, like well. if some, some official from the MHSAA came across the broadcast and yep. asked like, did you pay for the rights to this? I wonder would you get penalized? Like, well, I wonder what would happen there. I don't you know? think there's much they could do as far as taking me to court or anything right. like that, but they could ban me, you know, they could yeah. ban me from doing any MHSAA uh, events. And, you know, like I said to Jared, Jared said, yeah, you should, I can't believe you asked, go ahead and just do it. And right. I just, I'm not going to burn the bridge yeah, after yeah. 40 years. You I know? would love if you were like the bad boy of the MHSA where you have to like fake <laughs> credentials to get into the state finals every year, where are guys? I would have loved that. I, hey, so I, then I tell it, you what, it's up to you, man. I, I yeah. would, I would look into this, uh, maybe an alias you could call this game. They would never be able to trade it back to you. Ah, there you go. We three point <laughs> podcast. We would become like the, the rebels of the MHSAA broadcasting game. I'd be curious too, then like to, Obviously, they probably have a deal worked out, some sort of spon um, like a contract or whatever with NFHS. I wonder what they charge NFHS for the rights to MHSAA games. I wouldn't think it's fifteen hundred bucks per game because if NFHS is only charging ten bucks a month for subscriptions, right? 
Yeah, I wouldn't think that there's much money to be left there, but. Well, I did ask, and I, I agree with what you're saying, and I did ask uh, a school administrator that we know pretty well, and I thought, well, maybe maybe the schools get a big piece of the pie, too. Uh-uh, not much. I mean, wow. I'd, probably probably pennies on the dollar, you know? So, so, who, so who's really making out here? The MHSAA is really MHSAA, yeah, they're making out, absolutely. Oh. So, hey, if anybody out there has interest, you can tell I'm a little bit passionate about it because it's just not fair, it's not right. Uh, hit us up on our social media pages, right? That's at three point pod. Let us know what you think. I mean, especially, you know, Corona baseball, man, we've been seeing their postings and you know, they're, they're, they're having a hell of a year and yeah. it was just going to be a nice sideline thing to offer to, uh, fans and, uh-uh, priced out of the market. So that's and it, the way it's it honestly one of those things like pe- people would watch. Yeah. I mean, people love, people love their sports. They love their Cavaliers. And if all they have to do is hop on their phone, hop on our Facebook page, and they can watch a district baseball game, they would do it. Here's my here's my get around. I'm considering, I'm considering <laughs> going to the game, and just videoing with with play by play. You know, I'll just make some commentary every at bat. And then if somebody gets a base hit or a double or there's a big play, I you can post those. You can post right. those. So. I thought maybe during the game, I'll just keep people updated batter by batter, not necessarily, not necessarily video by each batter, but just post when there's some big play. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, that, yes, that'd be a good alternative. That would take, um, you'd have to make sure you have enough space on your phone. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? Like, cause if you're taking video of everything, that'd be a lot. Well, no, I'd only video each batter. Like if a batter strikes out, I'm just, I'll, I'll video it, but then I'll just delete it and then yeah, go yeah. to the next batter. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I know we were going to keep this tight, but I got to throw <laughs> this out there since we're kind of, since Ted's on a MHSA war page uh, or war path. What do you make of them moving this, the high school football state finals a day to now play on Saturday oh, and Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Make room for I'll, actually, I, I'm glad you brought Wednesday. this up. I'm glad you brought this what, up. I'll leave it to, to what do you think first, Ted? And then Matt, what do you I, think? Well, first well, of all, I don't we'll know if it's the MHSA's fault, but I think it's bullshit. That's what I think it is. <laughs> I knew you're gonna have some reaction like that. So I was just gonna say quick for anyone who maybe doesn't know. So, you know, Thanksgiving weekend usually as anyone who listens to the podcast, anyone who follows high school football, state finals Friday, Saturday at Ford Field. Well, Michigan State now. I don't know if it was a Big Ten decision, uh, NBC, you know, who who had the, the final poll, but Michigan State is going to play Penn State at Ford Field on Black Friday now, pushing, like Jared said, pushing the high school football state finals back to Saturday, Sunday. So we know Ted's feelings. I mean, what do you yeah. think, Ted? Do you think it was more, I mean, I think in the text, you think it was TV money? You think it was just... Oh, they, don't you? Don't you yeah. think it was TV money, 100%? Well, first of all, you know, whether it was the Big Ten, whether it was Michigan State, Michigan State had to sign up to do it, to switch a home game. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the fans are saying, oh, it's a home and it's uh, it's senior day and all that. Well, yeah, November 27th, it's got some iffy weather involved for sure. Right. And it's been, depending on how good the team is playing, you know, the crowd could be a little bit iffy. So I, I sort of understand the move, but it's all about money. Um, and it definitely just – push the MHSAA football finals to the side, you know, it's kind of unheard of to play on Sunday, a state championship uh, weekend, you know, four games. Um, If I was the MHSAA, I would have said pack sand and, 
you know, we're going to play this year outside or find an alternative. I'm not, you know, the only alternative in the States, the Superior Dome, and I did do a little research. It only it only seats about 8,000 for football, so it's right. probably not enough. It would have been kind of cool to have a one-time trip to the UP, you know. They'd remember that, play at that. It's a neat facility, but yeah, I don't know. We In the COVID year, they played outside in January. They didn't play the final outside. It was horrible, yeah. man. Oh, it um, wasn't horrible. The weather was actually pretty good that January. Hey, I was there every Jared's, step of the way. Jared speaking. Jared um, speaking from a from a TV aspect. Oh, sit, sit oh on the side we love it, man. We <laughs> love it. Uh, well, I'll just let me lay out the whole situation. So, one, I like it because basically, if you remember Ted, last couple of years, you know, usually I work state finals weekend. I mean, Thanksgiving night, I'm leaving around six o'clock. True. I gotta be, you know, be to Ford Field right around you know, four o'clock in the morning the next day. So oh, I love this. Right. Now okay. I enjoy Thanksgiving. You know, we have a whole extra day. You know, the state final week is such a blur. It's nice to have a whole other day to get our ducks in an order for that mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday. Is it gonna be weird on that Sunday playing those games? Hundred uh, percent. In a perfect scenario, yes. As a fan, that Friday always when you watch the bulk of the games. Saturday always gets lost in the watch with Ohio State, Michigan. And just the you know it's, it's rivalry weekend that that weekend every year for college football. So Saturday doesn't draw many eyes. NFL now you're going to get NFL on Sundays. The nice thing is the Lions have already played. So maybe you'll get some Michigan people watching. Uh, it is what it is. I don't think it's as yeah. big of a deal as people are making it. Uh, a one year thing. It's kind of weird. If this is the new normal, I would appreciate more. It'd be weird if this is just a one off. As for Michigan State, I love the move. It's you saw last year at Senior Day. There wasn't a soul in the stands. And it was frigid temperatures. Now you have a standalone game, basically with I think Ole Miss versus Mississippi State is the only game that's going to be going on that Friday with them. And it's at Ford Field. It's gonna, you're telling me this doesn't get the juices pumping a little bit. Of it's a big matchup. But this was Michigan State versus Central. Okay, who really cares? Michigan State versus Penn State's a big game. Uh, I think it benefits Penn State for sure uh, to be playing on a fast track like that. But uh, mm-hmm. whatever, it's something new, something fun. I don't hate it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm i not, like, mad about it, you know, like some people. I think TV money is definitely coming in, in play here. They, they want to get a, you know, like you said, Michigan State, Penn State usually sometimes has, like, Big Ten championship implications, you know. So that, that's going to be a big game for NBC. It's kind of BS because, I, you know, I heard that people who already bought season tickets lost a home game, you know, yeah. uh, for Penn State because they're not going to honor the season tickets for the game at Ford Field. Oh my. So that's kind of BS. You that know, is. I don't know if that's a Michigan State or a Big Ten thing, but that's complete BS. You know, I already bought my season tickets and now I just lost probably one of the biggest games the at games. Spartan Stadium. You know, that kind of sucks. The, the senior day thing, they'll move senior day to, you know, another game Wait, and cool. that'll that'll right. be fine. Senior day, you know, whatever. Right, right. Um I like yeah, I I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's going to have like some lasting effect on the high school football state championships. You know, maybe we're making a little bit of a bigger deal than that really is. I think it's more the tradition thing, you know, like you said, Jared, cause I did think about that, the TV side of it, I can see your, your, you know, your viewpoint, it makes it easier for you guys. You're not rushing out. You're like you said, Thanksgiving night or black Friday morning, trying to get to the stadium and all that stuff. So there is, that is a big part of it. The TV production side of it. One part too, that I thought about, or I didn't think about at first, but I saw people saying uh, the schools that are, you know, Christian schools or religious schools can't play on Sundays. And, you know, you guys know that usually a good four five, six 
religious schools make it to the state championship game. They won't yeah. be able to play on Sunday now. So I almost want chaos. I want like eight religious schools to make <laughs> state championships. And now they won't be able to play on Sundays. And there's going to be a scheduling nightmare. Oh, like, yeah. I almost want something like that to happen because I think it's like a, I don't know, like a law. Well, I, don't know. Yeah. Like, I think they cannot play on Sundays. So I think that's kind of a part that could get a little iffy. It, well, might, not, the, it might not be anything. Yeah, the MHSA said they were going to schedule their games on Saturday. So it's going to be a mix match. But if you get six or eight, what are you going to do? Right. That's, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That is a like, cool thing about it. I would say seven we'll probably have, you know, whether it's yeah. River City St. Francis or Newman Christie right. or whoever. So that'll be one. Uh, South Christian seems to be uh, Yeah, I mean, they're definitely it, – <laughs> I like the idea of there being like a super day. <laughs> so let's say that you have all these Catholic schools playing. Oh, they just so happen to be Division Seven, Division Five. So now that Saturday is Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, Division Four. Could be that would be fun. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll see. I, I don't know. That's kind of one of those like it's always like the doomsday scenario for um, what is it the sporting event where there was a, they're always working out the doomsday scenario that never quite plays out. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on it right now, but. Yeah, uh, sure. I'll think about it as soon as I'm done talking, but it's kind of like that where there's mm-hmm. like, a Tuesday scenario that you keep thinking might happen and never really happens. Yeah. I will say, uh, so I've, you know, you guys too, you very big with high school football. I have some friends um, who are just as big high school football fans as, as we are. And they've like, they, a tradition for them, whether it was with their dad or then now with their kids, they go down to Ford field Friday, Saturday to watch the games. And a couple of my friends were actually like pretty upset about it. They were kind of like almost like mad about it because it was like, that's what we did on Black Friday. We woke up and we went down to Ford Field and watched all the games. And now like you're telling like they'll probably still go on Saturday. Right. But like, are they going to go on Sunday now? Because, you know, Sunday usually, you know, you got whatever else going on. So and the NFL. You know, yeah. NFL. Yeah. So now, yeah, like you said, Jared, Saturday sometimes with Michigan, Ohio state and everything else loses a little bit of viewership. No one's going to watch on Sunday now, you know, I mean, yeah. very, like you said, lions will have already played. So, True. you know, people who don't care about all the rest of the NFL, maybe will be watching the high school games, but it's probably one of those things that it, when it comes, it won't be that big of a deal, right, you know, right. but yeah, Last it is question. interesting. It's, uh, <clears throat> the college football playoff is is what I was the doomsday scenario. The doomsday scenario never happens. You 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 oh. look at the the rankings every year. You go the whole year wondering what what if all these teams win? Never happens. So we'll right. see. That's my thoughts on on the potential Catholic school doomsday scenarios. Final final thought, Jared. On this, ask you directly. What's the what's the consensus at Bally? Is it a good thing? Is it we're, we're nobody all cares? Yeah, I mean, like I mean, yeah. I mean, if I was a fan, I'd have a bit of a different view. I because like I, I feel I still do think that Friday is the big day uh to really watch it. Um, but no, I mean, like, how can you be upset about not having to be up 4 a.m. the day after Thanksgiving? Right. I mean, that's, right. that's quite a bonus. But now you'll be working all day Sunday. Right. Yeah. So it is a trade-off. Hey. Yeah. Is it we we always uh, we joke in the control rooms? I'm sure you guys do too, Jared, in in a, the truck or the control rooms. People a lot of times don't think about the TV aspect of all this stuff and how it affects you know work schedules. It's not just you know, like the players on the field and stuff. So maybe this one will be a positive for you guys at Bally, you know, not having to work Black Friday. But like when you have these extra inning baseball games going till three in the morning, 
it's not just those players on the field. You got the people, you know, working in TV that are sitting there too. Or like you said, Jared, on Black Friday, you guys got to get up at the stadium at 4 or 5 a.m. You know, people don't think about all that stuff. So, yeah, there is that whole side to it too. Oh, well, yep. We were going <laughs> to keep it tight, but of course we bring it on the table. I, I, I was going to ask well, I was going to ask one more quick thing because this is our last prep spotlight. So yep, yep. I'm, I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this. So I saw, um, I think it was a Corona pitcher, um, had a, th- I think it was against Perry last week, had a three inning no hitter because they mercyed Perry. They beat yep. him like 15 to zero. Logan Val. Yep. Yep. So it was, it was one of those three inning no hitters, not taking anything away from Logan. That's an awesome effort by him. You know, great pitching. Is that a no hitter? No. Okay. Because I, well, I, I don't know, is it things. is it recognized officially as a no hitter? I don't think it is. Okay, it has to go five innings probably yes. to be in a. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like oh, I said, I'm yeah. not taking anything away from him. It's awesome, but when I see sometimes like the three inning no hitters, I'm kind of like ah, I don't. Right. So what you're saying is all those times in youth where I used to go out nine straight strikeouts. And then I'd have my pitching limit reached. You're saying that that thing in your books because <laughs> I did that a few times, man. Well, for you, we'll let it, we'll let it ride. We'll let it you. slide. We'll yeah. let it slide. <laughs> Got a few of those under my belt. Not to, not to. <laughs> a few under your belt. All right. Nice. All right. Let's move on. Let's. There's a lot to talk about in sport. Potpourri. Tigers yeah. are playing well. We got uh, Game Seven last night in the books. Uh, we're going to get into that right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, I guess we should start with uh, the NBA. I mean, Boston had it set up perfectly for them. Coming back from down 3-0, win their next three games, coming home to Boston, Jason Tatum blows his ankle out on the first play of the freaking game and gutted it out, but he definitely wasn't 100%, and yeah. uh, you know Miami ended up blowing him out. Yeah, a little bit of a, I mean, it was still an entertaining game to watch, you know, because yeah. it's a game seven and high drama and all that stuff. But it was one of, you kind of, they ended up winning by like 20. You kind of want that game to come right down to the wire, like a yes. buzzer beater, like like game like six. The previous game, other, man, right? game six, whoa. Yeah, you kind of want it yeah. to go like that. So a little bit of a letdown maybe in that aspect, but, you know. Probably for this series, even though everyone says the Celtics were probably overall the better team, and the Heat have kind of just been like getting by with, you know, grit and everything like that. The team that probably deserved to win the series won the series because those first three games, the Heat were, they just dominated those first three games. And then somehow, you know, Jimmy Butler kind of wasn't playing very well and the Heat or the the Celtics kind of put it on and even the series up. So 
it was one of those like it probably should have been over in four or five they just were able to stretch it out to seven um i, th- I think the nba finals will be a good matchup you know it's like a it's like a clash of titans you know you got the nuggets who are just insanely talented efficient with joker and murray and all those guys and then you just got the heat who are like the oh four pistons really no superstar jimmy butler is really good but i don't know if he's really like a superstar and then a bunch of really good role players so i'm the nba finals are going to be good i'm curious to ask though about tatum ted you probably remember vividly isaiah thomas blowing out his ankle hell yeah dropping 25 points in one quarter um in the playoffs just one of the most legendary performances was in the the finals against lakers in the yeah. NBA Finals, one of the most legendary performances ever. Obviously, we're not there. We don't know how bad Tatum's ankle was, but was it a little bit of like, was he milking it a little bit? I was like, I don't know. And maybe it was also Reggie Miller constantly going to the replays and be like, look at the grimace. Look at him grimacing. Yeah. It was getting to be a little bit like, all right, man, we get it. Your ankle hurts. Like, play. Just play, man. Or don't play. Like, if your ankle really hurts that bad and you can't even defend, let someone else come in. It was getting to be a little bit like much. Well, he took 13 shots, which I mean, hurt ankle or not. The, the Celtics in game seven, they needed him to have like a 30 ball. And yeah. Yeah, he definitely was plagued by his, his ankle injury. But still, you just got to leave it on the floor. I mean, Isaiah Thomas did. Still, Isaiah Thomas didn't win that game. So with all that being said, it just was It's unfortunate that it happened because I think it had an effect on everybody in the arena. They were so ready to roll, and there were so many positive vibes going into that game. And just the bad open it was that, very like you said, very first play, your star player just turns his ankle. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes those those if it's sprained, you can hardly walk on. So I guess maybe we should be giving him kudos that he played through it and gave him something. But I'll agree. It's like if either you're out there or you're not. If you're out there, we need you to shoot the ball thirty times. And Thirteen times isn't going to cut it. And right. we saw that. Yeah, uh, it was just a disappointing game seven. I had that bad in my gut all day leading into it. Honestly, I thought the Celtics were going to blow the heat out. I was like, this this game could be over mid-second quarter. And, and I was dead wrong. The heat. I mean, the what, how they lost in game six to come back a few days later and play like that, unbelievable. Caleb Martin, he was nearly out of the league. The story I'm reading, Jake Cole somehow convinced the Miami Heat to take this guy out. Right. And look at the look at that. He's been, he, was, he should have won the series MVP. Uh, Jimmy Buck yeah. ended up winning it, but it should have been Caleb Martin. I, what a fun group. Spolstra, I said a few weeks ago, favorite coach, Great absolute coach. dog. I love watching their teams play. It, it's one. Uh, we'll see you now. I think the Nuggets are kind of a whole nother level, a whole nother test. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if if, if it's a good series. I think the Nuggets win this in five. Uh, they're just that damn good. Yeah, I'm kind of along those lines too. Five games, probably four, even four games, maybe. But uh, uh, we'll see. You know, they got to play the game, and and yeah. Miami, they got one thing going for them. Matt, you brought it up perfectly. They play a little bit like the 2004 Pistons. You know, they're, right. they're they they play real well as a team, and uh, you know, we'll see. I, you know, it, it's just it it's mind boggling to me though, like watching last night's game how. The NBA really has gone to the three-point shot uh, primarily. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, right what they're going to do offensively, they're going to whip it around the perimeter and find the open guy in the corner. It seems like almost every play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like the Celtics. Maybe after Tatum's injury, maybe that had an effect. But they were almost like 
they were willing to just live and die by the three. They, yeah. they took so many threes last night, but and they I'm died. curious to see what happens with them. If they, you know, the, the whole Jalen Brown situation, he's, he's eligible for like a super max, but mm. he didn't have a good game last night. And, you know, there, there's like reports that him and Tatum don't necessarily get along or something mm. like that. So you're curious, you know, are, are the Celtics about to be blown up, you know, or are they going to, blow that little trio up that they have of Tatum Brown and smart who knows, but I I'm excited for the, the um, NBA finals. I I'm kind of with you, Jared. I feel like I bet the heat they'll steal one or two, you know, just cause the way they play, but the way that the nuggets looked against the Lakers, man, and really the whole playoffs, that team is good. I don't, is this layoff? Do you think that the layoff of what the nuggets have been off for basically a week at this point now, you think it's going to affect them or maybe it's going to benefit them? You know, who knows? Probably game one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think game one, it's either like you're, you're either the Heat who are riding like the rhythm of been playing every almost every night, uh, every other night for this last three, four, whatever, this whole entire playoff run. Uh, and you have Nuggets who just all of a sudden it's long off. I think game one, you'll know within the first six minutes, it's either going to really benefit Miami or it's going to really benefit Denver. I think over the course of the series, it benefits Denver, but I think the first couple games, it might take a while for Denver to kind of get into a back into the swing of it. Yeah. Just before we move off this topic, back to game six for a second. <laughs> where do you rank that or how do you where do you compare that finish of that game to any other game? I mean, down to one tenth of a second. Right. That was it was an incredible finish. It looked like you know, Butler won it with a three three free throws and then an amazing finish, man. That's right up there with all time finishes in any sport, I think. Yeah, it has to be. And I mean, it'll always go down, like you said, as one of the great finishes. It kind of loses a little luster, I feel like, because then the Celtics turn around and lose game seven. So it's almost like it didn't matter, maybe in Mm -hmm. a sense, not not really. But I just I can't believe I I tweeted out and our our friend Miggy Incognito, you know, was (laughs) commenting too. why why the the heat and I'm not not questioning Eric Spolster. He's probably the best coach in the league. What am I? I'm just a dude on the couch. But why they weren't guarding the inbounder, Derek White, who ended up cutting to the basket and tipping the ball. And Struess is out there running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to defend someone. Right. Derek White inbounds the ball, and he has a free cut to the basket. You don't know that's how it's going to work out. The ball tipped perfectly to him and everything like that. But maybe it's just, you know, I'm still like PTSD from the Pistons not guarding Robert Ory against the yeah. Spurs. And Robert Ory just sticking a dagger in our hearts. But, you know, you just wonder sometimes the strategy there. But it was a, it was a great game for sure. Yeah. it. I mean, what it, an all-time finish, like I said, we'll, we'll, it'll be forgotten in the walls of history. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Um, so, hey, appreciate it for the next few days. We'll talk about it for the next couple of days, and then it'll be forever, gone forever. So, yep. Yep. Is that going to be a, like – go ahead, Jared. I just I respected the Celtics bad back. I don't understand what that performance was in uh, last night. I guess you could blame it on Tatum and the ankle. Yeah. I mean, they, it was like they were from the very start of the game. The Heat basically jumped out uh, and felt had that lead nearly the entire time. I think Celtics cut it to seven in the second half. Yeah, but it just felt like they never really had a chance. It's dis- disappointing. It I, there's was. nothing worse than highly anticipated games that end up being like. That. I can't right. stand it, and it happens a lot. Like it's always a national championship every year for college football fan. You get all <laughs> you get. You build up this entire year, and then you know the whatever the week build up to it, and then the game's horrible every year. Yeah. Could have felt like. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move it on to uh, baseball. Of course, uh, 
near and dear to your heart, Jared. You're working some Tiger games this week with the Rangers in town. You know, they keep getting close to that 500, and then they drop back. You know, they finally got within one. Their mode has been two, but uh, (laughs) playing some good baseball. We can't talk enough about, uh, and maybe you were on to it before the season, Jared. I mean, they do have some some players that are playing really well, and it's a fun team. We've talked about it before, a fun team to watch. Really a, a, a great team as far as chemistry and excitement level. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, but thank God they're in that AL Central. It, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm curious. I'm curious at, you know, at what point, and I'm not trying to be like a pessimistic Debbie Downer wanting the Tigers, you know, to collapse. At what point the, because they're still basically at the bottom of the league in every offensive category, right. batting average, run scored, home runs. OPS, all that kind of stuff. At what point that's going to catch up to them? Like you said, they're they, the chemistry. They do the pitching. They're they're they, they're still pitching really well. So you know that kind of stuff does go a long way. But you would just think like at some point their offense needs to perk up. You know, yeah. but maybe not. Maybe they'll just grind out wins. Keep grinding out wins like they've been doing. But I mean, right now it seems like they're they're staying afloat. Playing in the AL Central, like you said, helps. I think coming into the series. Um, the this series, the the Rangers were like plus 150 or something in run differential. The the Tigers were minus 50. So you know you, you see some of those stats and you're just like, all right, this is a good story right now. But mm-hmm. when they go up against the teams that are actually good, you know, you yeah. kind of see how it's going to play out. It's a great test. The Rangers, yeah. they are massive, man. <laughs> like you said, I, I, we did. There was a like a graphic that showed on the screen. Basically, they're number one in like every hitting category. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers, they were so ice cold with their bats in April. It started to heat up a little bit in May. Uh, most of these three guys: Green, uh, Zach McKinstry, CMU dog. Love yeah. that guy, dude. He's been he's been playing at like an all star level. It feels like for, yep. for a few weeks, three four weeks now, batting almost three hundred. Right, uh, the Tigers basically the last like 15 games or so. The, the the amount of walks they're drawing has been incredible. So although they don't lead in many of the baseball categories uh, in terms of drawing walks, which is important, they're number almost one in that. Uh, but I actually, it's funny you mentioned my preseason prediction. I actually looked back at the date and I actually brought that up before we uh, we're going to record today. This was on 225. February 25th, so uh, during spring training. I'll just rattle through these real quick. Let's do a quick check on what I said and how it's stacked up. So two <laughs> games below 500 right now. The first one I, I said uh, last year, uh, judging for this, so this is last year, obviously, they had such high expectations on them that as soon as it were poorly, it just snowballed. This year, we saw no expectations. They start 2-9. and nine. We all kind of the same sort of thing like, oh, God, it's just going to keep snowballing from here. Nope. They they back from there, so I think that's okay to say it's right. Uh, number two, I said because it's this young team, young core, they're gonna have a happy and fun uh clubhouse, and that's exactly what it's been. This bullpen man, they have a new gimmick every day. Jason Foley, <laughs> Alex Lang, that whole crew, it's a fun little bunch. Different games in the clubhouse every day, they have a rule where basically, as you round second base on a home run, you have to wave to the bullpen, uh, <laughs> a lot of different fun stuff like that. Number three, Miggy will not play as he did last year. I said he was going to play 90 games this year. It's going to be less than that. So yeah, that's a, yes, he's, he's still the, the awesome player. We've seen him have a pinch hit walk off this year. Just not not the player he was. Uh, we don't need to get to that much deeper. Eric High, Roger replacing Tucker Barnhart. 
Uh, they've been solid. They definitely are a plus compared to what Barnhart was on offense. Uh, and I think they've done a fine enough job, you know, managing the pitching staff. The pitchers haven't lost a beat from last year with Tucker Barnhart, who people claim is the best of that. So we'll take that. Spencer Torkelson, I said he was going to have a bounce back year. Started rough in April. In the in the month of May, he's been a lot better, batting over plus or batting over 300, uh, and he's looked imp- improved. Austin Meadows will play this year. Uh, I was wrong on that. Um, potentially, he still could come back, but as of now, that might have been a wrong take. Uh, wrong take as well. Jonathan Scope is in great shape. He's he is in great shape, but you know hasn't really translated to the ball field as much. Uh, and then last two, Hinch. AJ Hinge, I still I thought he was the best manager in baseball or one of them. I think he's shown that this year. More pinch hit appearances in the entire MLB by a long shot here, by I think 20. Uh he's winning them games with these this pinch hit strategy. Uh the entire team's bought into it. He's handled the Miggy thing right. He's handled, handled the bias benching right. He handled scope having a diminished role right. He's just the best coach, man. I love Hinge. Last one. Yeah. Uh number nine, I said Badu. We still have him. Hinch famously said last year, this team, the best version of themselves, has been doing the lineup, and we've seen that. This last week, he has seven RBIs, a grand slam, two home runs. So, all in all, I, I would say it's looking pretty good. I don't think it's time to give me my you know, flowers yet. There's still a lot of season left, but oh yeah, uh, it's looking good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you nef- definitely hit on a couple of those. I'm just – I'm curious who's going to, like, step up and – like you said, you, you mentioned about McKinstry maybe playing at an all-star level level. I feel like they need someone, one or two guys at some point to like take the lead, I guess. Maybe Riley Green is gonna be that at the plate. He's getting up around three hundred. Um, you know, maybe McKinstry. I don't know if Eric Haas is gonna start doing that. Torkelson maybe will eventually turn things around. He's still only hovering around like two thirty. You know, that's just yeah. It's not good. No, <laughs> I mean, no. like if, if your everyday first baseman's hitting 230, that's not going to, unless he's hitting, unless he's like Adam Dunn and he's hitting 50 home runs. Okay, cool. But Torkelson's not doing that. So no. like I said, I'm not trying to be like doom and gloom. I love the positivity. I love seeing him win, but seeing Comerica rocking when uh, uh, Badu hit that grand slam, it's awesome. It takes you back to like the, you know, early 2010s with Miggy and, all those guys and stuff like that. But I just, you know, you, you got, I hope Hinch can keep them going. If they keep winning games, then he can, but you know, like I hope Hinch can keep the clubhouse together. I know we've talked a lot about the Miggy thing and you know, you see a lot of people even now, like he's hitting 169 right now in his very limited, he, you know, he barely plays. A lot of people are saying they should buy him out and just move on. I don't think so. Not just because I'm such a big Miggy fan, but you you guys have both talked about the the clubhouse chemistry thing. I think he is such a big part of that clubhouse chemistry that even if he is only hitting playing one game a week, pinch hitting here and there, I think he's such a big part. I think that whole clubhouse respects him so much oh, yeah. that you have to keep him around. I yeah. think this this they're not going to win the World Series this year or. They have a very, very, very long shot of winning the, the World Series this year. Keep the guy in the clubhouse. Let him finish out the year. Let him do his tour. Everyone's giving him a present at every stadium they go to. Let him get that in. Give him his pinch hit, his DH, you know, once or twice a week. And, you know, let him do that. And like you said, Ted, last week, maybe he already had a walk-off pinch hit. You know, maybe one or two times he'll come up with a really big hit, you know, yeah. or something like that. So, 
you know, I, I I don't think they should buy him out. I think we've all said the same no. thing, but I think it'd be a completely stupid thing, and we should yeah. quit talking about it. As far as fans out there, come yeah. on, he's earned it's his comical. right. It is well, it, here's what's funny about it because listen, I've I've been for the first time in my life, I've been kind of a pretty active listener to ninety seven one, usually mm-hmm. like once a day for five minutes. That's the, too bad. The, the, it's two topics they go back and forth on before i know you guys aren't the biggest 97 one guys I, i've always said i like villani i don't really listen to the other shows as much but even villani well it's the same two topics and this is just kind of the game guys ted you know this better than anyone the tigers win it's uh okay well when are we gonna take miggy out of the lineup what do you do with miggy mm-hmm. the tigers lose it's okay when are we gonna trade erod when are we trading erod before the deadline oh, yeah. tigers win they'll still they'll, then they'll bring erod in oh well what if they're winning then do you trade him and if mm-hmm. Tigers are winning and Miggy, it's it, or if Tigers are losing, then it's like, oh well, at least we have Miggy to talk about and his home his lap kind of go around the sun. I don't understand how we. It's just funny how people listen to that every single day, right. and depending on their Tigers win or lose, it's either the <laughs> negative side of those two stories or it's a positive. And yeah. so it just cracks me up, man. Hey, I'm there listening to it every day too, like the rest of us, but. <laughs> It's just it's funny seeing how day to day a daily beat of job and that's what it is. It's those two topics, man. Yeah, yeah. it'd be I, you know you, you would hope they could come up with a few more storylines, but maybe those are the storylines right now. I am curious to hear or see what they do with Lang and um, Rodriguez at the trade deadline. I mean, those are two those are two pieces that some contend. I mean, the Tigers are technically contending right now, but two like legitimate contending teams they would probably trade some good pieces for those two pitchers. So I'm curious if the Tigers are going to be buyers or sellers at the yeah. trade deadline. But- yeah, My opinion on it is I could be completely wrong, but <clears throat> I look at this team and they got a pretty solid core. And mm-hmm. those two guys are a pretty solid part of that as well. Why not? Why not keep and build around them along with the young kids and then maybe hope for uh, like a 2006 thing when Pudge Rodriguez came out of nowhere and signed with the Tigers? You know, Detroit is not a bad town for baseball. I mean, it is. I don't think free agents shy away because it's Detroit. You know, I think it's one of those nice places to go play. You're right. Baseball anymore. I mean, maybe like um, uh, probably most sports are, are this way anymore. Money talks. And guys, guys will go somewhere, wherever that's going to give them the biggest contract, you know, like, so when Miggy's contract comes off the books, right. they're going to have a lot of money to spend. So if they can build on the season, like you said, Ted, hang on to some of those arms, hope they keep developing, hope Riley Green keeps developing, hope Torkelson eventually turns it on a little bit. If Baez can just basically stay a solid player, I think Baez is who he is at this point, you know, mm-hmm. solid player. You know, he's going to have some errors. He's going to strike out, you know, whatever. Get Miggy's contract off the books, and then maybe they can really lure in one or two really big free agents and be an actual – you got one of the best managers in the league already. So, right. yeah. And yeah, Detroit's it, one of the best baseball towns. It yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, you can see that. Like like we said, sorry, Jared, like crappy uh, – they're a solid team this year. I, I really, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom on them. Not a very good team, but you look at a holiday weekend, nice weather, and Comerica was packed. Mm-hmm. You know, so Detroit's a great town for baseball. Yeah, biggest crowd since opening day this year. So as soon as the weather turned, people came out and watched yep. them. Uh, yeah, I, here's where, I, and this is the last thing I think we, we, we could say the Tigers. Scott Harris. Yeah. McKinstry. We got McKinstry for for a bag of bones and a, a sack of marbles, and right. he literally. 
they can't get him out. They cannot get this guy out. He's batting leadoff. He's getting a ton of walks, seeing a ton of pitches, uh, hitting in clutch spots. I mean, the the grand slam that Badu had was set up by a Penn Street double at the start of that inning. Uh, so it's just I'm loving this team, and I just I trust in the Harris plan. I've really seen, you know, from the interviews I've seen to that guy, he just he's a very smart dude, and and he seems like he's not going to leave any stone unturned to really turn this this franchise around. And I'll say this. Now that he's came here, you look at the Tigers farm system and it's like, it's actually really not that bad. It's actually got some players on the come up. Uh, Justin Henry Malloy to name one. And I feel like under Avila, you may kind of were like, man, this farm system is not going to do anything. Or if we have guys, we're going to trade them. It's not going to work. I trust Harris. And yeah. that's number one, number two things for me. I think if you have a great manager and Hinch and you have GM who's going to give them good players that can, that has a clear path in their plan is we're going to see a lot of pitches. We're going to draw walks. Uh, I mean, that's the limit. They have a plan. They have a plan, yeah. which is the first time you could say that in my life almost since like 2006. Yeah. Well, you can think, I mean, you mentioned 2006. The Tigers went through a stretch of GMs who completely depleted the farm system. Dombrowski is one of the best to ever do it, but he is definitely one very win now. I'm going to trade every pro- prospect to get mm-hmm. a player that's ready to contribute right now. So when his, which worked, I mean, they made a couple words Biggie. World Series and, you know, won a bunch of AL Central divisions and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then your farm system is depleted. You have no farm system. So then Avila comes in and we don't have to get into it, but he made some of the worst trades in the history of Major League Baseball, probably. And you see a bunch of the guys that they traded away now are basically yeah. all-star players at other places. And none of the guys that they traded for are up playing in the bigs. So, so like you're saying, Jared Harris comes in and the farm system was, it was the worst in the major leagues. I mean, all the, all the ranking systems and all that, the Tigers had the worst farm system in the major leagues. So they're starting to build that back up. So maybe they, they can build on it. Hopefully Hinch part of it too, keeping the clubhouse together, but hopefully Hinch stays around. You know, hopefully he doesn't get burnt out you know, trying to keep this team afloat or, you know, some other big, big, you know, Red Sox, Yankees or something like that, offer them a ton of money or, you know, whatever. But last thing I was going to ask you guys about with the Tigers, I don't know if Ted, if you have, you have anything else, but nope. I've got to ask you the controversial thing that I caught a little heat on Twitter about the Meyer patch <laughs> on the sleeve. Is this even a thing? Like why? I, I couldn't believe, again, it's another one of those things. We always talk about it. People it's almost like nowadays they look to get mad about things. It seems like people just want to get mad about anything. I couldn't believe how upset some people were over the Meyer patch on the sleeve of the Tigers. I mean, I guess first glance, it is like, oh, that's different. And then you move on. Like, I, I don't understand why people are so mad about it. I, I tweeted uh-huh. out something like, "Did it? does it affect you watching the game on TV? Does it, when Akil Badu hit that grand slam, did you not enjoy it as much as you would have if the Meyer patch wasn't on there? Like, like what, what are you really so mad about? It's just the little as, Meyer patch. As a former Meyer team member uh, who has read the Fred, Fred Meyer uh, biography, I love this partnership, man. Perfect for both sides. You got the Meyer company, uh, Michigan brand, you know, out of Grand Rapids, Fred Meyer, legend in, in this state. And you got the Detroit Tigers. I mean, it's, it's simpatico, them going together. Uh, one thing that does bother me about the patch uh-oh. Why is it a patch? Why, why do they not just stitch them? It's annoying. It's like they have the white Meyer patch on top of the white jersey. Why don't you just stitch Meyer into the sleeve? 
uh, and then it looks less ugly with a white like patch that you sew on to a white jersey. I, I don't know. Maybe that's some MLB rule where it has to be a patch, but that's the thing that irks me about it. This was going to happen. Yes, yeah. it sucks because we know how classic the Tigers uniform is. Uh, I loved it when Nike added their logo to it. That was a bonus. This uh, maybe a tractor, I would say, in the looks of it, but everybody's doing it, man, at this point. I think this is the 10th MLB team to do it. It's going to be everybody soon. Uh, at least every, every NBA team. Yeah, NBA teams have them. Yeah, Every soccer yeah. club has them. I'm sure at some point NFL teams are going to have them too. The, the, it doesn't bother me that much at all. Uh, as long as it keeps us away from, you know, paying to watch, you know what I mean? Right. More than we are now, you know, like if it's on pay-per-view or something like that. If this keeps them with money coming in, it doesn't look that bad. I think it looks it, – it, I think the smaller, skinnier D – bothers me more than no than it looks that, that d is that d it looks great you think the skinny one looks better than that. the other one it's so much better than it used to look ah. that is a that's that's a that's a great example of taking a classic logo and reaping it without losing it it's so much better now it's the best the logo has ever looked is now what makes it better i mean it's just skinnier it's the same logo <laughs> it's, 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 it's like it, there's it's 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 like the michigan helmet how they they revamp that from the uh-huh. little you know, kind of cartoony, you know, look where it's not very fierce. Now that D went from that cartoony sort of bubbly lettered look to now a fierce, you know, slim D. It looks so much. I don't know. It's it looks so much better, man. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not a calligraphy major, uh, but it looks better. Wow, Matt. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, I, you I agree. It looks, it looks better. I, I think. Agree. I think it looks maybe a little sleeker. You know, everyone we we. You talk about Memorial uh, Healthcare Wellness Center all the time. Everyone's mm-hmm. looking to shed a few pounds. Right. Maybe the Detroit logo shed a few pounds and they you know, they got their summer body or something, you know? Nice. I didn't, re- to be honest, I remember, like, I didn't even notice it. And then I saw some people, start, you know, talking about it or whatever I saw, probably on Twitter. And I had to go back and, like, look and be like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess it, it looks a little different. Well, yeah, look at them side by side. I guess yeah. everybody's entitled to their opinion on what they like. I just, I don't. I like the thicker, the wider one better. Just yeah. myself. That's Detroit. I don't know, man. I think, I think this was a perfectly done, whoever did this, whether it was an intern or graphic designer or what, they deserve a nice pat on the back. You kept everything that was right about that old logo, and you just gave it a little extra juice. I'm there they for need- it. They need to be. It is fired. funny. Some it is funny sometimes the the small tweaks that they do. Like I remember, uh-huh. what was it? A few years ago, maybe it's now been five or more. The lions, you know, the lion. They put a few lines mm-hmm. in the lion to make it look like you know the lion's hair or whatever. Yeah, and I remember people were even like mad about that, and I just like it's not <laughs> like it didn't change. It's not like they changed the complete logo to a different lion or something like that. It's just you know they just. Tried to spruce it up a little bit, you know. Well, it needed it. I remember when I was a kid, I'd look at the Lions logo, like, what, what is this? I can't even tell what this is. <laughs> so I'm glad they changed that. The right. Lions are one of the teams that they needed a brand. And I thought it was coming. I thought it was supposed to be coming this year with the new uniforms, but apparently it's not till next year. So I'll be yes. curious to see how that turns out. But I think they're the next team that's in need of a of a vast change. The Reds don't ever change anything about it. It's perfect. No. Lions Red, Red Wings up. Red Wings logo is perfect how it is. I hope absolutely never... don't yeah. touch it. Pistons are all over the place. You never know <laughs> yeah. what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll we'll uh we'll move on, take a short uh, break, and then have a short tetertainment tonight, right after this. 
looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, guys, the one topic I wanted to jump into is uh, HBO. It was kind of a Twitter thing this week. And, you know, when when was the first time you saw that, you know, that that logo and and actually tuned into HBO? And I know uh, I think we all posted it on Twitter, but let's recap that a little bit. I go way back. I mean, I go back, you know, to the 70s, late 70s and early 80s. There was a there was a sitcom on called Dream On. and it was one of those shows, you know, that it was kind of unique, but it also had uh, nudity, you know, and when you're, when you're young, a young male and all of a sudden, wow, we got HBO <laughs> and they're showing stuff. This is all right. But it was, a, it was a good show. Also, there was another sitcom called first and 10. It was kind of a, a parody of the NFL. And then speaking of the NFL, that was where the original inside the NFL was with Len Dawson and Nick Bonacani before, uh, before it went to showtime. So, and then of course, boxing, Mike Tyson right. was must see TV and it was all on HBO and I'll never forget seeing uh, Douglas knock him out on HBO. So those are, those are kind of my early recollections of, of that franchise. Yeah. I couldn't, when, like you said, we, we tweeted it out, um, the little conversation on Twitter at three point pod, if you want to give us a follow, but you tweeted when you replied, you said something about a milk jug strip. <laughs> to your first reply and to be honest i didn't know what the heck you were talking about and then you tweeted out the picture of the box and everything yep. so what you literally had to so you had your cable box and you literally cut a chunk of a milk jug and yeah. put it in there let me let hbo me, yeah let me paint the picture a little bit to all the youngsters out there including yourself when that box first came out, that was our first cable box. You know, when I when I when I started in cable, it cost me eight dollars and ninety five cents a month. Think about that. But that box that I posted, I don't know who figured it out, but word spread like wildfire. You cut a rectangular piece of plastic off a milk jug, and you stuck it in between because because HBO would be scrambled. You know, you'd turn to that channel and it'd be scramble waves. You couldn't see anything every once in a while. Oh there's a boob but you know <laughs> you couldn't watch it so you put this thing in and, and it completed the circuit somehow and all of a sudden Dear God. free hbo now here's a little <laughs> sideline for you jared's dad he probably won't want me repeating this but he was still living at home he was probably 15 years old and he was he was playing around with it watching hbo and uh, there was, they were having some problems with the cable the cable company came over and that little piece of plastic was <laughs> sitting inside there. And he goes, what the heck's this pirating HBO? And my mom <laughs> said, Oh, that's my, my son, John did that. <laughs> Threw him under the bus. Threw him under the bus. Yeah. Didn't get in trouble for it, but, uh, yeah, that's a little sidebar for you, but yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's how we watched it. That's crazy. So it's like the rabbit ears. It, you know, Kinda. you used to have the rabbit ears and you would aim them or whatever. And Right. But you, a piece of plastic to get HBO. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so to answer your, your original question, 
we didn't get cable at, you know, grew, growing up uh, out in the country in Owasso Corona, the cable wasn't available for, I mean, basically my whole childhood. And then when like Dish Network, when those satellite, you know, came around DirecTV, um, we did finally get it. I think I might have been early high school, might have right. been late middle school, but not, not for a while. And I remember at times having HBO there, but a lot of times there was a parental code lock on mm-hmm. it because of the nudity, like you mentioned. But so like my first memory of HBO, I mean, to be honest, I don't even really remember, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, I mean, I guess high school, probably watching movies on right. HBO, but I don't have like a vivid, like, you know, like you do um, of shows that I watch. I remember watching some box, some of the big boxing matches on HBO or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's not like it is now where just everyone, you know, has a streaming service or watches HBO or, or whatever, but it's just, it, it is funny though. Like you mentioned the, the first time you come across the nudity on, on some of those channels, it is like, woo. And again, that that's one of those things that kids these days don't understand because it's out it's there in their face so, every day. Right. right it's yeah. so prevalent now or whatever, but yeah, it, it was crazy. You know, people, so what now the big thing is HBO max, the, the app or, you know, the streaming service changed to max. Yes. And I know, I think we mentioned it before how that, that branding is just so strange. Well, yeah, my whole thought process on that, why would you, why would you even at all tamper with the iconic HBO? I mean, HBO is the original. I mean, you know, if you want to tweak it a little bit on the, on the, how it's presented. Okay. That's one thing, but I'm still trying to figure out the mindset on how it goes from HBO to max. And that's better marketing. You know what I mean? Especially because I, I guess I don't even know. Cinemax is still a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can still have Cinemax. So I'm even just curious how, if they had the, I don't know who owns Cinemax, but if they had to talk to them and be like, Hey, can we use this and call right. our streaming service max and, you know, whatever. But, well, I think they're tied together somehow, you know, the I'm big sure corporation it's gotta be. And I did look a little bit online the reasoning going to max. They thought that HBO was more looked at as adult oriented compared oh, okay. compared to using the term max which they tied into like warner brothers and whatever else you know there's there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes but uh heck when i think of of nudity i think of skinamax you know skinamax, I mean, that's what you right? think of right because <laughs> yeah. they had yep. the, all the soft core porn they'd play on friday saturday nights after yep. midnight skinamax i remember yep we definitely knew about that that was always locked out but the, the big story over the weekend when, you know, we'll, we'll be rejoined by Jared in a little bit, but um, <laughs> the show succession. Yes. So that, that was the big talk. I mean, you guys probably already know the answer from me. I didn't, I have not watched it. It's, it's on HBO, but everyone over the weekend, so the, the show succession had its series finale. And, you know, people are obviously debating again. I don't know. I don't know anything about the show, so I don't know what they were talking about, but man, some people, talking about succession, maybe the best show ever on HBO. So yeah. when, when I was seeing all that, I, I mentioned to you guys, I was surprised. Cause I was like, I don't think Ted has mentioned succession during Ted entertainment tonight. No, and usually anything HBO you watch. So you, you said you're getting into it though. Yeah. Yeah. I told you off record. I mean, when I first heard the premise of it and it didn't have the buzz that a lot of shows do, it didn't, it, it didn't suck me in at the beginning when it, when it started its run. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a takeoff on Rupert Murdoch, you know, and that that deal and his kids. And uh, but I have watched the first two episodes and I will say 
it's really, really good. I can see yeah. what everybody's all excited about now that it's completed its run. So, you know, it's one of those shows now that every night we'll probably watch one or two episodes till we till we binge through it all. Yeah. It's really good. I stepped away for a second. What I heard you guys talk about, I'm glad I stepped away. Skin of Max, this, that. <laughs> it goes off the rails as soon as I step out. Um, but, Ted, you really missed your Super Bowl this, this past Sunday night with succession ending as well as I, I I forget what the other HBO show was that was ending as well. That was yeah. your Super Bowl, man. Uh, you're an HBO, HBO shell. You missed it. Well, I, I missed it. The, on the live run, but I haven't missed it. I'm going to be watching it. It's, That's the whole right. point. I, I don't think when we mentioned before we started recording about succession, I don't think you said, Jared, are you, did you watch it? Are you watching no, it? No, I need to. Uh, oh. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it seems like a show that's kind of slipped through a lot of people's cracks. Obviously yeah. it's still very popular, but it's not a show that I feel like a lot of people are talking about very often at the water cooler or, or that type of thing. Right. It's it's very well, you know, and it's a drama. So I think that turns some people off. It's it's there's hardly any comedy in it. There's some, but but it's mostly a drama. But the uh, I think the writing is is really, really good. And the acting that I've seen in the first two episodes, top notch, you know, so I can see why everybody is sucked into that. So. I'll have a full review when I make it all the way through. So that'll all be the way through. probably yeah. somebody well, in the fall. Sometime I was going to say fall. that. You'll probably yeah. be done with that, well, uh, one, two weeks. So we'll hear about it in a couple weeks on this <laughs> right. segment. Maybe. Now Maybe. that I, I was going to say, now that uh, NBA playoffs are starting to wind down, you know, just the, the finals now, I feel like I might be able to actually watch a few things. It seems like I've been every, every night has been whatever playoff series I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on. But I think we mentioned it before. I know Jared, you said you you maybe watched it for a little bit. I think you fell out of it. The show You on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're getting through the the current season. My my wife was definitely she was out on it, but I was like, I, I want to watch it. I want to see finish it know, out. what happens this season. So since I started watching, now she's kind of back into it. This current season, it's again, it's it's ridiculous. I don't know how you know the main character how he continues to get away with everything that he gets away with, but. It's just one of those. He he's a good actor. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I think Jared, you, you probably know his name. Yeah, I'll find. Um, I should. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name, but he he's a good actor. He he's a good actor. The writing is pretty good. Again, it's it's very far fetched, of course, but they suck you in with some of the characters. You know the the mystery part of it. You know who's who's the killer? Or who's gonna do that? You know, there's always things that suck you in. A lot of good cliffhangers, but. And it got and confirmed badly. for got confirmed for one more season. That's going to be the final season. So it's going to be like, all right, well, I guess I got to watch one more gotta, season. Got to stick with it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make it through this last season. Uh, I don't know, a little too out there for me. Yeah, it. it he he had the good camaraderie with. Uh, shoot, I don't remember the the girl's name in the, in the previous love. seasons. Yeah, love. I thought that was like kind of a fun little relationship they had. Uh, so once she was kind of out of the picture, or maybe she comes back in this season, I don't know. But yeah. once she was out of the picture, I kind of lost the interest in in it. But I don't know. It's still a good show. I mean, Ped Badge, like, like you mentioned, he his acting kind of can fix a lot of the flaws, like where you're still kind of in it, even though even if the show's not perfect around him. Uh, right. But yeah, it's 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 worth a watch. I would say the first four seasons are solid. I would uh, say I for you, Ted. Because you, you haven't watched any of that show, right, Ted? No, I did. I watched oh, – okay. uh, I don't know if I made it through the first season, but I watched quite a few episodes of the first season. Is yeah, that... That, would, that would be one of those I'd say low on your list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
If so you what do you have nothing to watch? Yeah. All right. Maybe three point three point podcast rating, Matt. Where do you put it? I'm going to, again, because it's not just, you know, on Netflix, it's not like I'm paying extra for it. I'll give it a 2.0 just because I like the, I like the mystery part of it. You know, it's almost like a true crime type of show Mm -hmm. that 2.0 might be high. It might be like a 1.8, 2.0, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, Finally here, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. You saw me, I tweeted it, Space Jam was on and Space Jam, a new legacy. You could watch them back to back. Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Have you seen both of them? And what are your thoughts? I mean, def- definitely the first one. That was huge when I was a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. we all thought we were in the movie Space Jam. So mm-hmm. def- definitely, you know, that's a nostalgia thing. I love the first one. I have not seen the second one. I'm sure we talked about it on, on the pod when when that movie came out. It's nothing against LeBron or anything like that. Cool that he made, you know, a Space Jam 2. I have no interest in watching it, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I, maybe if it was on TBS or something, I'd turn it on and catch it or something. But, yeah, no interest in the that's second a, one. It's, that's another DNF I had on my on my list was Space 2. So bad, man. Yes. So unbelievably bad. <laughs> um, space, but, but Space Jam, like, really the whole idea, it shouldn't be good. Space Jam had no right being as good as it was. It was helped because you had one, honestly, I love the ending scene where uh, the guy from Jurassic Park, I don't even know the actor's name, you know, gets the megaphone. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jordan. And he comes out <laughs> of the spaceship down in the and R. Kelly's playing in the background. I mean, that scene is a top 10 movie scene maybe ever. Um, and the soundtrack is just incredible. I yeah. think because of those, that, those two things, in my opinion, are why it's so... And the basketball season, or excuse me, the basketball season are actually like real somewhat. Whereas yeah. in Sweet Jam 2, it's like, a, it's, I don't totally understand what they're playing. It's like a video game kind of. Yeah. Um, and it's like score doesn't make sense. It's like trick points and shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I follow right along the same lines. I thought the first one was, it was pretty good, you know. And the bonus, Bill Murray was in it. Yeah. Uh, the Looney Tunes, you know, the cartoon part was a lot better than in the second one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they both were just kind of, kind of fluffy entertainment, if you will. Oh, you know, yeah, they, were, yeah. they were just kind of uh, promos for LeBron or MJ. But number one definitely killed number two. Yeah. Number two was horrid. But it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough too. To it's tough too with those, like you said, fluffy, kind of corny, cheesy, just basically kids movies. You know, or right? Whatever, exactly. Because you know, LeBron's not going to try and make the same movie. They're going to try and, you know, use that concept, I guess, but, you know, do something new, do whatever is modern, you know, nowadays. And it clearly from all the reviews did not work because the first one, I mean, if you think about it, was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Looney Tunes and, you know, the Monstars thing, steal the pro athlete. I mean, it was pretty straightforward for like a kid's movie like that. You know, they didn't try to do too much. They didn't try, you know, it was like. And I actually thought Jordan's acting was pretty good in it. It yeah. wasn't bad, you know. Yep. Uh, and it, the whole key is, Jared, this is something you got to look forward to. Matt, maybe you can relate to it right now. When you go take your daughter to a kid's movie, you appreciate the fact that they do have some adult stuff in there. That, right. So you can enjoy it. You know, like when I when Jessica was a little girl, when I took her to, what were the, oh, the Smurfs. I took her to a Smurfs movie. <laughs> It had, a, it had a few moments in there when they threw a little digs in there to the adults, you know, that you could kind of get a chuckle out of it. You right. got to have that. You can't, yeah. If you go sit through like My Little Pony, oh my <laughs> God, that was like, 
like you know, I should have been asleep during that whole film because yeah. it was horrid for an adult. Oh, there, there are some cartoons that like adults can actually watch. I think yeah, they, you know, right. they intentionally do that. They put some adult humor in there. Like Clearly, the, Pixar, the kids don't Pixar get those stuff, jokes. right? The Pixar yeah. stuffs like that. Yeah, you yeah. got to. What What would you guys last thing maybe? What would you guys? Yeah. I had this question asked me this week. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts. What's your all time favorite like animated? Can be Pixar. Can be whatever like children's movie for me it's, it's up to two one up how can you beat up i mean that first four minute segment oh i mean it'll make you cry before it you made me cry it. yeah um and mm-hmm. then my other one is also wreck it ralph i love wreck it ralph that's another one the very the ending when he's uh relating the the bad guy code as he's kind of like sacrificing himself uh i mean that'll make me cry every time too so those are my two big ones wreck it ralph and up what do you guys think and that's tough uh, I like I like Coco a lot, the Pixar movie Coco. Um, I love the Toy Story movies too. Yeah, um, the Toy Story. I'm kind of they're doing a Toy Story five. I almost it's going to make Buku money and it's probably going to be amazing. Toy Story four like finished perfectly. I kind of wish they would have just ended it. Toy Story four was such well, a great ending. Um, yeah. Without really thinking about it, those would be the first two that come to mind: the Toy Story franchise, and then I like Coco a lot. Yeah, I hate to I hate to agree, but that's the one that popped in my mind. Matt, Toy Story one, you know, that's yeah. what I would think was kind of a go-to. And like Jared said, up, man, that just grabs you at the beginning, and that yeah. that was well done as well. So, good stuff there. Yeah. All right, All right guys, I think we made it through another podcast. We're heading into June, baby. Got it. When's that uh, Tooncast coming, Matt? When you heading up? Tooncast, uh, the end of um, the end of June for basically Fourth right. of July. We'll be there that week. So, yep, I was gonna. We got to line that up. What? We've got my twentieth anniversary, twentieth class reunion. Oh, um, and then, right. uh, yep that that's one day, and then we have a little family reunion on my nice. mom's side. So, and then we're gonna be in around corona for the week so good deal we'll work it out with you know your guys' schedule hopefully we get good weather again like last year's tune cast and yeah it was magical good just yep. got to work it out with jared's schedule my schedule yep. is wide open baby <laughs> boat is ready yeah all right well we look forward to that and uh, we appreciate everybody listening to three point podcast brought to you by memorial Healthcare's now community wellness center and skyman cannabis skyman farm to stash grown right here in this great lake state over 20 locations as i said in the open a new store in traverse city congratulations to them there check out michigan's best bundles deals on flower vapes pre-rolls edibles and extracts ounces as low as 49 dollars. if you're over 21 go online at skymint.com sign up for their rewards program also memorial wellness center memorial health care wellness center just a great spot i'm a member love going up there and train you know, including your membership, use of the SkyTrack, locker rooms, the private showers, just a whole lot more. If you want more details, follow them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. Also, shout out to our local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes. They've served the area since 1880. Rivals Tap House and Grill. Might have to stop there, Matt, when you're up in town, too. You know, we'll get some uh, great grub and drink and success through mortgage and servicing. Don't forget to follow us on the socials at Three Point Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel that's growing every day. 
And as we always say, peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. And by the way, June 2nd in Major League Baseball is Lou Gehrig Day. We need to stamp out ALS. More on that coming up. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.